0: Emotional quotient is such an important part of product management. It's, you know, the technical skills you can still learn, but, you know, practicing patience, you know, empathy, listening to the other person, active listening, not letting your ego come in the way, that is so core to, you know, being a better product manager
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of how to product a podcast series on product management brought to you by PM school and your host Arjav Jain this podcast series focuses on bringing in product leaders from across the globe to talk about questions on the art and craft of product management that are top of mind for all of us today we have one such product leader who has built products for local audiences regional and now global customers as well before we jump into the episode Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app and stay updated with our upcoming episodes. And now, let's begin. I have with me one of the most prominent product leaders from Pakistan. Athir Abdul Rauf is currently the Director of Marketing and Product Management at WeFairs, a virtual events company. Prior to this, Athir spent over nine years building one of the Middle East's number one job site, Bait.com, as a product leader. He has also had stints building consumer products in Pakistan and had a short stint at Microsoft as a product management intern in the office division. Arthur brings years of product building experience and I can't be happier to have him on the show. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much, Arjif. Really appreciate it and uh, thank you for inviting me. This is great, excited to be here.
1: Same excited to have you on the show. So Arthur, you've uh, spent time as a software engineer very initially in your career, and then uh, you've had extensive uh, experience working in marketing and product management, right? So I believe that product marketing is an important aspect of the entire product life cycle. And uh, there's a lot that a PM can take out of a marketer's playbook to become a better product manager, right? right. So I just want to understand from you, what are some of those things uh, according to you?
0: Sure, a great question, Um, and I think uh, I guess I'm, I'm sort of apt to answer that because uh, all in all of my career, I was like either a product marketer or a product manager at the same time. Um, yep. So even when I started with PacWheels, uh, I was working on growth. So product marketing was part of uh, what I had to do because there was a lot of launch strategies and along with product management where we were trying to figure out what to actually build for the customer. So the way I'll answer that is that, you know, when it comes to product marketing and management, there are three things that both of these parties really need to know well. One is know what the customer wants, but more than that, know why the customer wants what they want. And then you have to, for, from a product perspective, you need to know why you offer what you offer. And then finally, you need to also understand how you're better than the every, everybody else and what um, hard to copy advantage are you offering from your product. Now, product managers know this, but they may not necessarily know how to articulate this. And that's where product marketing really helps. Mm-hmm. So one thing that really, really, um, I learned from product marketing was messaging. Um, how to write short copy and very succinct value propositions that are easy to tell to customers. And this really helped me in product demos. So when, as a product manager, when I would side with my sales reps, go in a meeting and try to explain to them that, you know, hey, here's why our product really works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think i learned that a lot from product marketing. And that, that messaging also helped uh, in even crafting better emails. You know, if you really think about it, product management, uh you do a lot of copywriting as well right so you're running error success messages onboarding sequences you're doing product update blogs you're writing empty states and whatnot and if you're just doing it with a very highly spec oriented technical jargon that's not conversational it doesn't really play out well Mm -hmm. but if uh, you have that product marketing angle that you're thinking about how it's going to be messaged properly so that customers are influenced and motivated to take action uh, that completely changes the game um and then a lot of that also get goes into your uh your kickoff calls so like when i used to you know have these sprint meetings with my with my development team it used to be very functional in nature, but. Being a product marketer, it helped me tell a better story. Um, It actually helped me that, you know what, I need to sort of step back And really tell them how the customer is interacting with the product before i delve into the functional specifics of what they need to build Mm. Uh, so that that also really helped out as well and then i I think product marketers have a very different viewpoint on on the audience itself so like when you're looking at your acquisition stack and you're looking okay where are these people coming from they're coming from facebook they're coming from web you know um google organic search or they're coming from a pr or whatever um that audience information really informs product managers about their personas that oh okay i didn't know that we were getting so many people from these channels and this is the target demographic that's actually using product they get to know a bit more of that when when you have the product marketing um, mindset as well so i feel that audience insights become a bit more expansive when when you have both uh, those roles in under your belt and then there's certain hard skills you know like uh, I didn't, you know, as a product manager, I learned SEO because I was asked to work on growth, right? So okay. SEO was a great skill set, which over time, you know, I I, I felt that I, I was able to um, use in, in many other places. Same thing with form conversion tactics, like, you know, product marketers are all about forms, right? You have to optimize forms to get leads and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that also helped me in product management as well. So, yep. And, and then I think finally, uh, what you know, one thing that's that's really evident from my product marketing experience is that is launch strategy. So distribution is so important, right? Now. In fact, you know, there's this saying now that content is no longer king. Mm-hmm. Distribution is. And okay. I have this saying in product management that, you know, a product unseen is like one that's never been. So if you haven't put your product in the hands of a customer, it doesn't really matter how great it is, right? So you need to know how to launch it. And product marketing is all about GTM. It's all yep. about go to market. How do you get the product to the customer in the most um, efficient manner? And that's something that every product manager needs to know.
1: I love what you just said. Uh, product unseen is one that has uh, never been. Did I get that right? That's um, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's great. And then, uh, there's, there's so much depth to that, right? Uh, so I, I just have a follow up on that. Uh, mm-hmm. when, do you, when do you think uh, it's the right time to involve marketing uh, in, your, in your entire sort of product building lifecycle?
0: I think from the start, to be honest, mm-hmm. like uh, marketing will give you a lot of clarity on your value proposition. So even when you're thinking about building anything um, and, and you're starting off with, let's say, even an MVP, mm-hmm. uh, it's always really great to sort of see what the end goal is going to be. How are you going to really position to this customer? And I I really like Amazon's, um, you know, uh, their tactic in working backwards. Right. So first, write the press release story and what that headline is going to look like. Is that even motivating and exciting for the customer? And then you go backwards and try to figure out how you're going to build it. Because if that end goal, like when you're actually launching it out to the customer, that is just not coming out naturally um then unfortunately it's just going to be a very uphill climb so i think marketing can play a big role even from the very start by just thinking about what is it for the customer how are we how are we going to articulate to, it to them and what that value proposition is going to look like and then you can build a lot of those insights back into the product as well and and uh, i think everyone in the product team can benefit from that
1: yeah i think uh, like you say right it's this discovery to delivery uh, yeah. and people talk about hey you know involve engineering uh yeah. so definitely involved marketing as well is, is something that uh is coming yeah, out loud here. Yeah.
0: absolutely
1: absolutely yeah. awesome uh, so uh just switching gears now and uh, so a product manager is somebody who uh sort of orchestrates the entire product building journey takes all those stakeholders along with them uh mm-hmm. so how do you think a pm should ensure that uh, he or she keeps all stakeholders happy and uh, what are some best practices around that
0: ah, yeah stakeholders right a tricky situation in the product management field. Um, So I I actually don't think that you need to keep stakeholders, all stakeholders, happy. I Mm -hmm. think it's impossible to do uh, because unfortunately, um, somewhere down the line, you have to say no to some people. So I think what's really more important is keeping stakeholders aligned with whatever you're doing is best for the business. I think that's something that everybody should agree with rather than having their own way and, you know, just basically uh, saying yes to everyone. Um, and I think uh, what what's missing in the in product management today and it's really difficult for people to realize especially those who are coming in is that understand the stakeholder is a human being at the end of the day and I sometimes feel that everybody needs to be some you know some kind of a psychologist because uh, once you understand the human being behind uh, uh, that particular role and what they, you know, require what their motivation is, what their drive is, what their goal is, it's just so much easier to converse with them and then manage them. Uh, if you, and, which is why, like, this is one of the hindrances that I have even with remote work sometimes, because I just feel that it blocks you from knowing the person um, personally. And, uh, and something. that's why, like, you know, I, I prefer video calls, uh, even with my stakeholders so that, you mm-hmm. know, I can understand what their body language is. So I, I feel that that uh, emotional quotient and reading the fairway when it comes to, um, uh, you know what? What kind of uh, uh, energy the other stakeholder is bringing is really important. So that's that's rule number one: treat them as human beings and understand what they really, really require. But the second thing, which is very important for product managers specifically, is learn the jargon very quickly. So every stakeholder has a has its own jargon. Customers will mm-hmm. talk about it, but even even customers they come from different industries. A medical uh, professional will talk very completely differently from someone who's in recruitment, from who's in financial. And you need to pick up that jargon very quickly. And then your internal team as well. When you're working with a designer, you're talking about, hey, margin spacing and white space and fontology and typography and whatnot. And then when you're talking to an engineer, it's all about migrations and and search frameworks and whatnot. You need to pick up that jargon because it will just make you a lot more relatable and it will quote unquote help you with influence without authority, which is, you know, one of the things that we product managers are yeah. always asked to do, right? Um, and and then there are a couple of other things that I I feel very important uh, to do when it comes to stakeholder management. And, and it's something that I personally term as the next step protocol. So, which is basically at any point, whenever you've engaged in a, in a uh, relationship with a stakeholder, you need to know what the next step or next action with that particular person is mm-hmm. right you don't need necessarily need to always document everything that's happened in the past that's great you'll probably have that in an email thread on a slack channel but you always need to know what the commitment what the forward moving commitment is and uh and my rule of thumb is try to follow up before being followed up, and as soon as you do that, that just builds trust. The people trust you that you know you listen to them and you care for them, and uh, and uh, and that basically helps to improve the relationship as well. Even if you have to say no at that time, and then prioritize like. Uh, not every stakeholder is the same so you know someone who's a third-party integrator uh, and only affects one percent of your customer base is quite mm-hmm. different from a very key partner that can decimate your entire product uh, management experience right so you need to know who you want to establish frequent communication with and who you really need to be empathetic and very very involved with versus you know people who, who may be on the sidelines and you don't really need to give them that much uh that much attention you still have to give them attention but you can always build expectations on what that cadence will be um and especially in the SaaS world um, you know i come from b2b SaaS, and that's mm-hmm. that's a very heavy uh, influence in my career um i've also learned sort of the hard way is that you need to somehow establish stakeholder equilibrium and what that basically means is that no stakeholder one single stakeholder should be able to hijack your attention at the expense of the product, right? So if there's one person, one customer coming in and they're planning to pay you like through the nose, right? Mm-hmm. But you also know, know that um, they there's a danger for them to actually start, you know, dictating terms with you on the product yeah. roadmap. That's something that you really need to think uh, twice on because that will create an imbalance and some stakeholders will suffer a bit far too much than uh what you'll be able to deliver to that uh the one that you just signed up. So uh so that's something that also is is really important. And um, and finally I think I I probably ended it over here is that yeah, you know even when you're working with stakeholders, product managers have this tendency to become this service to everybody. Like it's like an ADM for answers. Like <laughs> everybody will send you requests and but and that's it. You know, like oh yeah. give me this report. I need this number I need this feature. And and that's something that you need to really break out very, very quickly, that you need to turn that one-way service into a two-way conversation. So so let's say, you know, like my CEO asked me for a report. Uh, I will ask them about that, you know, what do you need it for? And what, what are you trying to do with it? And what is the, what is the next action you're going to take with it? And I follow up, like once I do deliver that report, I follow up. Was it useful? What was the feedback? Because that's my basic right in that okay. relationship that I just need to understand what you asked me for, what the impact was. And sometimes you can even like sort of understand flaky demands. Like somebody says that I need this report for, you know, um, or this data or this insight or a feature for X, Y, and Z um, business review meeting. You can always ask them like, you know, when is that meeting coming up? What is that nature? Like who's going to be attending that? You know try to learn a bit more about where they're coming from um and then you can really break down and deconstruct what their urgency and need is and then then you can have that conversation a bit better if you're always being the the timid person on the corner where you know people are just throwing stuff at you they'll treat you like a sink they'll just keep on dumping water and they will be consuming it until you burn out and that's something that you just really need to make sure that you don't do as a product manager Sorry for that long answer. No, that was but,
1: uh, uh, that was such a beautiful answer. Uh, I was making notes to be honest because I'm going to go back and refer to them. Uh, so uh, the beautiful answer, Arthur. thank you for that. Uh, so I just uh, I picked up one thing, which is uh, you spoke about treating your stakeholders as human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk a lot about customer empathy, and uh, and yeah. this is something that I picked up at Microsoft to be honest. This word, yeah, which is building customer empathy and being you know obsessing mm-hmm. over customers, uh, mm-hmm. and we don't uh you know talk about uh developing empathy for our stakeholders like our internal stakeholders itself and and that's supremely important
0: um absolutely and and i think like for a product manager like i i'd say this to people that you know imagine yourself you're you're on a thousand mile journey so you're on a car and you have to get to the thousand mile um you know you're always going to make sure that your car is in in place and it's maintained and it doesn't have any issues because if your car breaks down you're not going anywhere and for (laughs) me my car is my engineering team is my development team is my qa team so i need to basically listen to them when they're burning out when they're talking about technical debt when they're raising their hands and they say the processes aren't efficient because uh if i don't have my car unfortunately i'm not going to walk right so um yeah i won't be getting anywhere
1: yep makes a lot of sense so just again switching gears uh so you've uh, with the ton of experience that you have i'm sure uh, there are things that you want to change about product management right uh so if you had a magic wand uh what is the one thing that you'd want to change about product management and why would that uh be that yeah. one
0: yeah well there's not one thing there's there are, <laughs> there are a lot of things that i want to change um so there so there are a couple of things that I that come to my mind. Like mm-hmm. there is this min- misconception of product management that I'd like to change. It's also the application of product management, but then there are there are best practices within product management. I think those are three different cl- groups of things that I would uh, uh, work towards. So so first of all, like I think the concept of product roadmaps, uh, especially twelve-month product roadmaps. Mm -hmm. I don't really buy into them at all, Uh, and I think if there's anything that COVID has taught us is is that the you know twelve month roadmaps and long term roadmaps don't really work out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's always a very short sixty day, forty five day window that you can really operate in, uh, and roadmaps are not necessarily have don't have to be this feature specific. Uh, listing of uh, things that you're going to roll out on a timeline it always needs to be thematic of what you're focusing today and what you're going to focus on tomorrow so i think like a, a lot of product management organizations still have that concept of having really yep. long football maps and they they mandate that and which i think needs to change um the other thing is that uh i feel that we, we keep on talking about you know listen to the customer talk to the customer and that's such an important part that it's often left out because product management is so much engaged in firefighting and and you know look, looking into uh, uh, you know, these daily operations that unfortunately the customer somehi- sometimes gets left behind and you're not in touch with them as much as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. I feel that just like product ops is responsible for, uh, you know, getting the data and the analysis done for product managers to facilitate them in decision making. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be in product management something called customer engagement um, who, who can actually source out customers that you need to talk about. Talk to, mm-hmm. schedule those appointments for you, and just like you know how a doctor and nurse sort of work, like they first do the vitals, they just right. take the vitals first, and then your weight and your height, and then the doctor comes in and then just does the real main thing about you know diagnostics, and then just uh, basically come up with a formula, it's, uh, a theory around it. I think that's what this this new role should be, and I, I feel that uh, um, you know unfortunately product managers get sucked into so many things that there may be this this sense of another specialist joining them um interesting mm-hmm. i i think we need to be like product management in practice unfortunately is very very delivery focused and it needs to be cut down i think delivery focus is it's great it's important Right, project management is more more towards uh you know it works a, a bit better in, with respect to that kpi but i think it needs to be more outcome based uh, and that's something that you know employers especially when, when i talk about uh, in the context of pakistan they need to understand that it's not about just delivering a feature it's also mm-hmm. really making an impact at the end of the day whether that and, and that's something that's lost like you you dish out seven features in the year everybody can tell okay i i You know, when they're even filling up their appraisals, they'll say, these are the seven features I delivered, but, you know, they'll hardly talk about whether they actually made an impact. Like how many people did they really change in terms of their, their, um, you know, the value that they delivered. Um, And, and and finally, I think uh, the way product management currently is, um, is organized within organizations uh, is, is just. You know, in most organizations, it's not done the right way. I think uh, I, I'm, I'm a big believer for of squads and pods, okay. where you basically collect a marketer, an engineer, and you know we talked about like devs and BAs and QAs, and and you and have a product manager lead at that dedicated team. For a specific module, a feature, or a vertical, and let them be empowered uh, to take decisions uh, on their own, rather than the current hierarchy, where you know somebody from the top of the organization issues that we need this feature built, and then it's just like uh, a feature factory after that. You know, a product manager has to just you know, work with whatever um, you know the the spec is from from the top, you know, whereas it's less about, and it should be more about understanding what the customer needs and having the flexibility to change that, but then empowering the product manager with the resources to to deliver it as well. So creating more more emphasis towards product squads. Um, yeah, those are a few things that come to my mind.
1: Yeah, just to summarize. So uh, just the concept of really long roadmaps is something that uh, yep. doesn't fly with you. Uh, and uh, listening to the customer is super important. We're lost in the firefighting. Uh, so maybe have something like a customer engagement Uh, a role where they can help set up time with customers. Uh, We're uh, very delivery focused, Uh, maybe have more outcome uh, based reviews or just understanding of how we're set up. Uh, I think Google does an OKR based uh, reviews if I'm not wrong. Uh, So maybe that's something that uh, can be looked at. And a lot of organizations are not really doing product management the right way. Uh, Pods is something that you'd suggest where we have a dev, QA, marketeer, PM. Uh, and together they're working for one vertical feature and empower them to make more decisions
0: yep that's right, right. Awesome. great summary <laughs>
1: uh, awesome so you've, uh, you've worked in growth right uh, and I'm gonna just use growth in another way which is uh, I'm sure you've looked at yep. growth for yourself as well over the years mm-hmm. right? Sure. Uh, so I wanna know sort of how have you evaluated or what metrics or frameworks have you used uh, to evaluate yourself and the personal growth that you've had
0: over the years Right. I, I wish I was that structured, though, like, uh, <laughs> I I think I, I sort of play it by the ear when it comes to my career, like uh, really looking at what, <clears throat> sorry, uh, what opportunity has arised and, and mm-hmm. you know, whether I want to take it up. But, you know, one thing that I've always um, thought to myself was that, you know, as I progress in my career, how many people are, am I impacting? How many lives are being benefited by whatever I'm creating? <clears throat> mm hmm so like back in pocket wheels which was 2010 2011 uh when i left Pockwheels, uh at that time we were serving about 10 million users unique users a month and mm-hmm. that was a, that, that was at a national scale which was which was great and then i moved to baith.com where i was you know uh, serving again multi-million uh, number of users um, you know it's a, it's a massive base of 40,000 uh, forty thousand employers but also like 40 uh, million uh uh mm-hmm. in cvs that, that we have acquired in the database and we were serving them um, and then when I moved to Vfairs, uh, so and, and Bay.com was primarily a regional focus, was very focused to the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So I went from national scale to regional scale, and then now with Vfairs, I'm with a glo- at a global scale, where right. we're working with organizations all over the world. And uh, I'm I'm currently like you know in the past five years, we've served about 50 million attendees uh, who have attended our events. So so that's always been an important metric that how many lives am I touching, and and that's important for me as a product manager to mm-hmm. see that there's growth over there um apart from that i think like i also look at you know how many products that i've, I've managed over time and i think uh, uh, that's something that i really got interested in when, when i was working at bait.com so bait.com was just one product but mm-hmm. i really actually had an opportunity to work on uh, recruitment products launched three different products in 2018 alone um, so that opportunity to expand and not just work on one vertical and one industry but actually you know, go yeah. to different industries in different product uh, verticals, that was great. So I've worked in the automobile uh, classifieds websites. Uh, I've worked on uh, recruitment products for B2B software as a service. I've worked on employee onboarding systems. I'm working on virtual events. Uh, I've done inter- internal gamification systems for sales. Um, and I've worked on CRMs. So, you know, that, that gamut of... Uh, of uh, Different product verticals that that always was very important for me to scale as a as a product manager and make sure that you know I've I've touched in in these various different dimensions Mm -hmm. and I've broadened my horizons in that respect and then finally I think uh, a couple of other things that I've always thought about in terms of growth that I want to keep on you know creating an ascending ladder in terms of the. Team team size that I'm managing. So I was only managing myself when I was in Park Wheels or Product uh, mm-hmm. in Yellow Motor. But when I graduated to Baith and then later on Vfairs, I was managing larger team sizes and, and trying to uh, drive uh, more value. That it, it's less about you know that vanity metric of being a manager of 50 people. It's more about can I drive this team, a larger team, to yeah. drive more impact as well. And and then that translates eventually to the kind of revenue. Um, revenues that you can generate. So at the end of the day, we are product managers that live for the business. We want to make sustainable businesses as long right. as much as we want to make an impact. So back in Pock and Yellow Motor, I may might have been making, you know, in the thousands when it came to dollar revenue yeah. uh, annual. And moving into B2B SAS, I was making, you know, close to the millions. And now with Vfairs, like we're a millionaire <clears throat> multi-million dollar organization. So that makes me happy as well that you know like not only am I creating value for, for the people that I serve or the customers, but I'm also making value for, for the business that I, that I'm part of.
1: Great. Yeah. That's very well, uh, structured, to be honest, this, uh, how many sort of lives you've been impacting that. I, I love the way you structured that, where you started off with, it was at a national level and then you look, took up a product, which was at a regional level. And then, uh, now you're with, uh, with a company that's sort of solving for a global scale. Right. right. Uh, great. Yeah. So I know this, this entire, um, episode has been full of insights but if there's anything that you want to leave us with especially for our listeners who are trying to break into this role uh, mm-hmm. that would be great out
0: yeah sure uh, you know some advice that i have for because i get asked this a lot in uh, on linkedin like uh, i know mm-hmm. people send me messages about you know breaking into product management and how do you go about it and whatnot so, uh, and I'll give you a sense of what I feel that everybody needs to know. Product management is a great field, um, very fulfilling, um, but you just also really need to know what it what it entails. It's it may not be for everyone, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But uh, that that you will only know when, once you sort of understand what uh, what it entails. So, start with baseline knowledge. Like, you know, you start with, you know, we all, well, I think there's no product manager who hasn't heard of uh, Marty Kagan's Inspired. Everybody basically uh, throws that out as the starting point yeah. of any product manager. So definitely, you know, read those books when it comes to Inspired and Empowered by Marty Kagan. Uh, you know, I, I my, one of my favorite books is uh, The Mom Test, which is really great, the uh, oh, yeah. book on Customer Discovery. Yeah, um, Bill Trapp from Melissa perry and so on and so forth so read the books um to sort of get a sense of uh, what it is um and then i'm probably going to throw a shameless pl- plug over here i also have a, an ebook on, uh, called product management bootstrapper mm-hmm. uh you can find it on my linkedin account as well so you can download that A bunch of articles and videos that i've seen over the years which help in, in product management um and then you know also like a look into cohort based learning so we talked. we were talking about uh, cohort uh, CBA. Uh, L that he's launched, yeah. um, and then PM School has, a, has their own, Reforge is another one, um, which might Maybe. be a bit expensive, but yeah, those are the ones that, those are the certain, you know, um, classroom settings or uh, educational stuff that you can go through to set your baseline knowledge. But always remember, and I keep on telling product managers that you can't become a product manager just by learning stuff online. You really need to experience it. And the best learning is just-in-time learning, which is where you're thrown into a situation where you have to apply the knowledge that you, or first acquire it and then apply it. Yep. So trying to gain that experience. And I, I know a lot of people say that, hey, it's a check- chicken-and-egg problem. How can I gain experience if you know um, <laughs> if every job requires like three years of experience? Yep. Uh, there are ways you can break it. And the way I've, yeah, you know, the way I sort of like see it. And uh, back in 2006, I actually wa- made on Java, a little uh, program for my friend, which was a DVD management system. He had like millions of DVDs. It was a, okay. a movie addict. And then I just made that little system. And over time, we reiterated over it and made it better and whatnot. And that was a small project that taught me a lot about product management. Yep. So I feel that, you know, people even today, they can create a product portfolio first. Volunteer in your network, like look around if anybody needs help in building something very small. And, and just uh, try to say that, you know, can I help with product or shadow the product activities? If that's not possible, go on something like Upwork and freelance on the network for a very low price. Mm-hmm. If that's not possible, then, you know, there are tons of no-code solutions out there. For example, I talk about AppGyver, um, which allows you to, you know, build the mobile apps without writing any code. Mm-hmm pick up a small problem, try to solve it with Diver or, or any other no-code solution and, and try to build a product over time and iterate it, you know, put it in the hands of a few customers, you know, put in a few sprints and then document that somewhere in a product portfolio, this is something that's that I made. As a hiring manager, I can tell you that I would really appreciate that. I would actually be very, very, Motivated to uh, at least speak to you if you've done that uh, on your own capacity. So, so you know, try to break that chicken and egg problem if you are coming from a different uh, um, field by by you know coming manufacturing these opportunities. Um, another thing that I have, and this is advice that I would give mm-hmm. to product uh, uh, people who are in senior positions in other fields, whether that's marketing, whether that's sales, whether that's um, business you. operations, and they're trying to move into product management, and you know they face a lot of friction because of a lack of experience, but also when they get interviewed interviews, um, they're unable to get traction because, you know, they don't have the experience to show for it. Yeah. You know, if you are making that career transition, think of it as a software engineer. If I was to learn coding today, nobody's gonna employ me as a team lead. Yeah. Same thing with product management. If you're just coming in, be very open to accept junior roles. Like start from a product owner, start from a business analyst, go smaller than, what you are, okay. uh, in, in the other field and then know, or take comfort in the fact that you will accelerate because of your management experience, you will accelerate in the growth much faster than anybody else, but you might have to take a hit at the start. Okay. So be ready to take that because if you learn from the start, learn from, from the grassroots, uh, that's going to really strengthen your fundamentals and you'll be a better product manager. If you try to skip and, and, you know, take shortcuts, unfortunately, uh, you wouldn't have that experience uh of hands-on product management especially when you're in a full stack product manager role in a startup um and then of course you know you've got skills that you want to learn on on the way and that that helps like once you're in a product role uh, you know pick up all those skills whether that's prototyping or content or design and whatnot um and you know one thing that I've actually benefited a lot from is networking with other product people. So you know, I try to like reach out to people on LinkedIn, randomly set up uh, you know a conversation with them, try to learn a bit more about their day. That always you know broadens my horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know maybe seek mentors that way. Mentorship's a a, a really great part of product management. It can really help and open your mind. Yep. And then finally, like I think this is the, the final point that I would I would just to try to drive home over here is that emotional quotient is such an important part of product management it's you know the technical skills you can still learn but you know practicing patience you know empathy listening to the other person active listening not letting your ego come in the way that is so core to you know being a better product manager that uh, that I'm, I'm not sure if it can be taught or it can mm-hmm. be learned but that's something that you really need to invest in uh, in some way uh, or the other, uh, because it, uh, there's one thing that the product manager will tell you, know, teach you sometimes in the hard way is that humility is the core of our uh, business and you need to be, you know, humble enough to listen to a variety of perspectives yep. and also raise your hand when you're wrong, right? So, so that's, and that's something that I, I tend to see that people don't really understand and I feel that uh, they need to get that sooner than later so yeah yeah sorry for that long no that was
1: it was great Arthur so uh, empathy and uh, a growth mindset is what I got out of that last statement that you said which is great Uh, yeah right but yeah super advice I think for uh, folks across the board the ones looking to break in the ones who are uh, already leaders in another sort of field who want to get in Uh, so yeah thank you so much Uh, thank you for joining us Arthur this has been great Uh, it's been lovely speaking with you
0: Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me. And, uh, you know, shout out to the podcast. It's amazing. I'm, I'm loving it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more episodes.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Arthur. Thank you. Have a good day, ahead.
0: Yeah, you too. Take care.
1: What we've heard throughout the season from prominent leaders across the globe is that as PMs, we should involve all our stakeholders from discovery to delivery. We must develop Empathy for our stakeholders, internal and external, and that's very crucial to build great products. All the leaders stress on the fact that the best way to learn product management is by doing. Start solving problems around you. Start looking at solutions to these problems as products and start building them, however small they may be. You don't need to have the title of a product manager to be a product manager. This brings us to the end of season 2, but we promise season 3 is bigger and better. Give us a shout out on social media if you enjoyed what you heard and let your friends, colleagues and your uncles and your aunts know that we're talking how to product here. If you're interested in solving product case challenges or experiencing what a PM does by stepping into the shoes of a product manager in a live program, you should check out pmschool.io. We'll be back with another one very soon. Until then, stay curious and stay safe. This is your host, Arjav Jain, signing off.